everyone, and welcome to Phone Calls with Brendan and Ian. I'm Brendan Garland, and I'm a visual artist and creative. And I'm Ian Schaller. I'm a personal trainer and a philosopher. Brendan and I met at college in the Midwest, but now, living on opposing coasts, we keep in touch through phone calls, which we are sharing with you. As a podcast, phone calls is freeform, authentic, and natural, much as any conversation to a friend would be. Using mindfulness as our guide, we unpack our daily lives and travel across a spectrum of topics, which ultimately lead us back to mindfulness. As the listener, we hope our phone calls give you insight on how to allow yourself to simply be and live more consciously. So what's this interview for? Uh, so it's for a cafe, mm. I think. But the only thing is, I don't remember sending in my resume. <laughs> so like, I, I don't know how like this person. I mean, I'm like, I'm I'm excited, and it's like a legit cafe. Like I looked it up, but mm. like it was just like out of the blue. This person just like emailed me and was like, "Hey, send in your resume." I was like, "Oh." oh. <laughs> Ask and you shall, shall receive, my friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's cool. Yeah. So, so that means yeah. free free coffee, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Free coffee every day because they also have at the art foundation that I work at. They mm-hmm. have two Keurigs. So mm. free coffee every day. That's excellent. <laughs> That can be an expensive bill in our household. <laughs> it's the coffee bill. Coffee? Yeah. It's do do you guys have um like a pour over or like a French press or anything? Yeah, uh so I had told Polly for a long time I wanted one, but I'm one of those people that will like if I have a desire for something that's like material like that. I'll usually kind of snuff it off and keep pushing it to the side because I know I don't need it. Mm. Uh, but she's like a sweetheart and she listens to those. Uh, like when I say stuff like, oh, that'd be cool to have. And so she got me one a couple months ago um, and then I broke it. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, her parents actually just sent us a new one like last week. So yeah. I've been freaking out over that because I love getting like the whole bean coffee. Mm-hmm. Like grinding it and then doing the French press. It's like a whole ceremonial coffee process. I really look forward to it. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree a hundred percent. We have a we had a pour like we my dad really loves pour overs. Mm-hmm. So like we would always have a pour over thing. But there's mm-hmm. just such like a a process to it. Mm-hmm. Like especially I think that everybody should grind their own beans. I don't think anybody should buy pre-ground coffee. Yeah. I'm 100% convinced of that. Mm-hmm. Because there's something just so much, it's so, like, fresh and so, like, just tastes good mm-hmm. when you grind it. And the ceremony, like you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we've talked about that before. Like, there's always, like, when you cook your own food, and when, you know, like in this instance, you, you grind your own coffee, like you put that little extra bit of care and like tenderness <laughs> into like anything you do, it, it makes a big difference and it's like more enjoyable, even if it's more work, you know? Yeah, for sure. But aren't most things in life that are good more work, I feel like? Mm, 
Maybe. I would say for for most things, for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of a counterexample to that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was also trying to think of one, but... Yeah. If anyone's got one, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Send us text. Yeah. Oh, we should probably mention Billy, Billy Wilder is coined for having said hindsight is 2020. Oh, Thanks yeah, yeah. That... Emily Titsworth. Oh, Emily Titsworth. She's got the yeah. shit this time, huh? Uh-huh. Cool. Good for her. For some reason, I felt like it was going to be her that answered that question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Emily, you would. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Difficult. Nerd. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know how to Google things. <laughs> yeah, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> There's Google getting another shout out. We said something about Google last time, too. Yeah. Yeah, really. We need to <laughs> we need to stop say I forget that Google's a brand name. Wow. Yeah. What like what a what a world we live in. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I for, forget that like it Google is not just the internet. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Like like Google is the internet, but Google is like is not the world wide web. It's just a platform for searching things right. on the internet. Yeah. So yeah. I like forget that other things exist. It's like it's being, a verb. Yeah. It really is. Googling. Yeah. You wouldn't say binging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no one says I'm gonna go bing it. It's like what? What are you talking about? <laughs> You're gonna do what? <laughs> Sorry, Bing, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not gonna get sponsored by Bing, that's for sure. <laughs> Sorry, Bing. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's like a Google. It's almost replaced the word research, you know, which mm-hmm. probably isn't good, but <laughs> but <laughs> it is. Yeah. But just like the amount of information at our fingertips mm-hmm. it's pretty incredible do you make use of that a lot like i mean are you like constantly googling stuff and like finding out little things mm, i like for a like regular day-to-day basis no mm-hmm. but i do use like the internet a lot for like when i'm making pieces and stuff mm. Like, the most recent piece that I'm working on now, I was looking up, like, what jail had the biggest population. Because I'm doing, like, work with, like, prisons and, like, the layout of prisons. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because mass incarceration is, like, such a big thing in the U.S. right now, you know? Mm -hmm. That there are so many prisons, and somebody had to design them. So I Mm -hmm. thought that, like that was just interesting and i remember you talking about that this has been several months in the making right yeah so i've been doing this for a long time like it was pretty much ever since like ever since i got out of college and like moved back home after like that after like christmas and new years of of course when everyone's there i like started to get into this hmm 
Yeah. So then I looked up, like, I've been, like, researching all kinds of stuff about, like, prisons and, like, the jail system and, like, who designs them. And, like, a lot of times the same people who design prisons also design schools, like elementary schools and middle schools. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. That's crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, not to jump to assumptions here, but <laughs> that's pretty wild. Yeah. And then, like, it makes you – because, you know, they talk about, like, the <clears throat> school-to-prison pipeline mm. where, you know, like, that schools are kind of just, like, not supporting kids. I don't know exactly, like, what the – I haven't done much research on this, but I it just, like, this thought came to my head mm-hmm. was, like – that that is a thing. So then, like, it just puts more emphasis on the connection between schools and prisons if they're also designed by, like, similar people. Or yeah. Or the same person. Mm-hmm. So I remember you mentioning this a little bit, and it was, mm, like, what were, like, the similarities in architecture? Because I remember you brought up a couple Am I correct or am I making that up? Uh, well, the, yeah, because the one time, this was like right after I found this out. And mm-hmm. I was delivering for Panera. And I like would go to schools a lot because teachers love Panera. Mm-hmm. And so I like went to these schools and there would be like little maps on the walls of what the like outline of the school is in the office. Mm-hmm. And I was just looking at it, and they, like, the structures were so similar to, like, what I was painting. They're just, mm-hmm. like, these they're very square, very long, like, long hallways with, like, squared ends. And then, like, usually, like, a center place. And then, like, the main office where, like, you have to enter through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It sounds very efficient. Yeah. Yeah. It's about but I don't know. It I don't I don't really know. Like <clears throat> I mean I guess it's like an efficient use of space. Mm-hmm. But then if like the people inside aren't encouraged by the space to like be excited by it i don't know Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean like if the people inside aren't activated by the space then it is is it an efficient use of the space right in one sense yes in another sense no (laughs) Mm -hmm. like i had the it sounds like i had the intention for efficiency but like the more we're finding out about what in our environment has an effect on us even like subconsciously mm-hmm. you know, it wouldn't be super efficient yeah I find that like don't get me wrong I love Polly and I's home but if it's like the daytime and even though we have tons of windows and stuff, I just, I cannot 
get anything started in my day if I'm inside. Like I can't work out inside. <laughs> I can hardly like journal or, you know, send emails if I'm inside. I kind I just prefer to be outside where it's that open space. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, you've been to our house. <laughs> you think it's inconducive to, I don't know, creativity, productivity, et cetera. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I would I would have to like be there and try to do something. Yeah. And then see how it would affect me. Yeah. That probably... is... mm, keep going, sorry. Well, I was just say it is interesting because like in when I set up my art studio in the at IC, I put it like right next to the window. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. You kind of just feel a little closed off when there's a roof over your head, I guess. Mm-hmm. What were you we saying Polly, about Polly? Yeah, yeah. Polly, uh, she's always kind of like thinking of ways to set up our house, make it more inviting, more warm. And I'm happy she does that because if not, <laughs> it would be like a bed. Like if it was just me living here, it would be like a bed. <laughs> books and cooking utensils <laughs> that's what the house is. so bless her but but um she's always you know kind of tinkering with stuff and like changing the environment and i mm-hmm. i definitely appreciate it because it does it gives little subtleties and change of mood i suppose yeah so that's cool mm-hmm. feng shui yeah some good old feng shui I do like the amount of plants that you guys had in, like, in your house. Mm-hmm. At least when I was there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we would probably enjoy getting more, um, honestly, because I enjoy them a lot, too, and I know she does. Um, yeah, there's something about having something living in your in your house that brings a lot to it. Yeah, for sure. I never realized how much like access to like just un like unfiltered green space mm-hmm. is like a privilege. Oh yes. Until like I moved here. Yeah, I can't imagine that, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, because like. All or like all before, like the UCLA campus is even like, it's like a city. There's like not much greenery at all, and like that's where I was staying for a while. Mm-hmm. In Santa Barbara, it's a lot different. I think they have more, like, it's very beachy, so they have mm-hmm. more like green space, and like more access to forests and like oceans and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, here it's like nothing. And then I'm staying at my friend's house right now, and I, like, walked into their backyard, and his mom is, like, you know, really loves, like, these plants, and they have, like, a ton of them all over the place. And I, like, walked in, and I was, like, it was, like, being hit by, like, a wall of, like, just, like, freshness. Mm-hmm. I, like, felt so, like, re-energized, because I was, like, oh, my gosh. I was, like, it's green. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Green stuff. <laughs> That's really cool. 
Yeah, I I think that's one of the reasons like big cities aren't super attractive to me because I've always lived in the country. So like I've always had that ability to just like walk outside and then walk up in the woods if I wanted to. Like it's yeah. right behind my house, you know. Uh-huh. I again have that now and yeah, I can't imagine not having that. Um it's very, very peaceful and essential for at least who I am, you know. Mm-hmm. Some people don't need it though. Some people are like scared of that kind of thing or just like makes them uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I guess if you like yeah a lot of people who i know like who lived in the city they like are uncomfortable by just being out in the in the woods mm-hmm. yeah when there i was, was in, oh sorry go oh, ahead go ahead no go ahead uh when i was in brazil uh sao paulo is like basically the size of new york city it's like mm-hmm. pretty close with all the surrounding areas and so like you look out and like the nearest, you know, it's the nearest nature source is miles away on like this like mountain mm-hmm. or you have like a beach like two hours away and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Um, and like you always have like, I mean, you're, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like the sounds of cars going on, like there's always some kind of background noise. Um, you know, it's like the city's always awake basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told it kind of like prevented me from having like a normal sleep cycle, I guess. Cause like stuff would kind of stir me in the night, even if it was like kind of subconscious. Um, and I, I told one of my friends from Brazil that, and he goes, Oh man, he's like, I'm the exact opposite. He's like, I can't fall asleep without those noises. You know? Yeah. Like, that countryside, like too quiet. <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh, what? Like, <laughs> too quiet. What do you mean? <laughs> it can't be too quiet. That's mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah, I was going to say that my, one of the co-workers that I worked with, they were talking about how when they went into the, like, into the, uh, on this hike, they were like, I couldn't, like, I couldn't just be quiet. I had to, like, play music or something because once the music stopped, all I heard was just nature, like, birds chirping and, like, insects and like it just freaked me out, and I was like, "What?" Uh, <laughs> that's that's pretty crazy. Uh-huh. I don't know. I like. I always want to make the com- the argument that like that's where we came from, you know, mm-hmm. and like that's where we should feel most comfortable and like sort of thrive and stuff. But I guess we're like a couple of generations removed from that as like a as like an overall population, you know? Yeah. And it's like the disconnect is definitely there. I guess I just can't see like how it's possible to be that kind of disengaged from it and like uninterested or in that case even kind of like wigged out, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if it's something like that is something that's like passed ja- passed down like intergenerationally, you know? Like mm-hmm. as the longer families live in cities, like the more they kind of adapt to like that soundscape or something. Mhm. Yeah. 
don't babies and stuff start picking up on noises in the womb? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> There's a far out theory. I better stop while I'm ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're gonna get into some wild stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just couldn't imagine. I don't know, maybe it is just because like we we grew up in a place that was like very country. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I could drive like ten miles and be in the middle of nowhere. Like, right. Just fields. <laughs> just fields. And so like for me, like nature has like such a special place like inside of me, like in my soul. Mm-hmm. Like if I go out and see like go on a hike and see just a massive tree, like I know that that tree like holds so much knowledge inside of it and is like so powerful and like so wise because it's just like it's been here for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man, big trees like that, I, I get the same exact sense as you just described. Like, it's so strange. Like, I mean, I don't think the tree can talk, but I feel like if it could, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. have lots to say. Yeah, definitely. But I don't know. I think they do talk. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like plants definitely communicate something. Mm-hmm. We're just not, like, in tune with it. Yeah. I wanted to I wanted to be a little honest, though, because we were talking about people being uncomfortable and, like, in nature and stuff. And mm-hmm. it made me think back a couple of weeks ago. I went on a solo hike, and it was, like, like a six-mile hike up to uh, Graybeard. And it's, like, the highest mm-hmm. point. Um, like Montreat, so close to me, and so I was by myself for like a couple hours, like walking, like no music, just like my breath and the noises going on around me. Uh-huh. And like the higher I got up, kind of like the more quiet it got in a way because there wasn't like cars going by, or like you couldn't hear the cars going by, like down the mountain and stuff like that. And there was no planes overhead, and I did kind of start to get a little uncomfortable, you know. Mm. Um, but it was more of like a fear of like, oh, like <laughs> rattlesnakes, because those are a real thing in our area. <laughs> or like, you know, what if I sneak up on a bear and or like a mama, then it's babies or something on accident. It was that kind of stuff. Um, but I don't know. It was it was like a respectful fear, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you think that was a fear, like because you were on your own? Or do you think it was like a fear, like a fear of what could possibly be out there, or I guess both? Yeah, I think both. Because I went on hikes that long before with like more than one person, mm-hmm. and you know, you can be like none of you can be talking, and like there's not really a sense of fear because if you're in a group like that, like chances of something happening is pretty much smaller than by yourself, you know? Yeah. But man, you feel like an adventure when you're when you're hiking by yourself. It's pretty crazy. Uh huh. Yeah. I think. I don't know. There is something like 
Because, like, I told you about that hike that I did in Minnesota, right? Where I was by myself, like, backpacking for a little while. It was, like, during college. Mm, I actually don't remember this. Oh, it was, like, between... Maybe it was between freshman and sophomore summer. Summer when you were like driving up to Canada by yourself, basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't. This was. It was like the summer after freshman year. I feel like. Mm Mhm. I think that was when. Yeah, that would make the most sense. I don't know. Looking back in college, like everything is a blur. (laughs) True. (laughs) It all just like blends together and I don't remember what year was like what year yeah yeah but anyway I went up on this like trip and yeah so I was like driving up to Canada but then I stopped in the I I was just talking to somebody about it yesterday I should have looked it up it's called like the border lakes I think Mm -hmm. and there's like a whole trail you can walk around most people canoe it because you can canoe all the way through the lakes. But I just wanted to do some backpacking. And I packed enough food for two weeks. But then <laughs> I ended after like five days. I like turned around. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I like, I don't know. I don't like talk about it that much because part of me feels like I gave up on it mm-hmm. but then the other part of me was like at that time like I was not ready there was just yeah. no way I don't think that I would have been ready to just like go that deep into mm-hmm. my like subconscious and just be able to like sit with myself mm-hmm. like even now sometimes I feel like uncomfortable like there are just those days you know you have where you're like kind of distance from yourself like we were talking about a while ago Mm -hmm. where like you feel uncomfortable just sitting with yourself but now I like have the tools to be able to like identify it Mm -hmm. whereas like back then there's like no way I wouldn't I didn't know anything I mean I still don't know anything but like I really didn't know anything then yeah yeah no that's that's something I didn't really think about um, because it's it's like one thing to sit and do nothing and sort of like meditate on the thoughts that are coming up in your own home. But I almost feel like there's something to be said about being in your own home that gives you like that safe, protective layer. But then when you're like, you were in Minnesota, so like, hundreds of miles from home by yourself a couple days out on a trail (laughs) you know what I mean yeah like those are many layers of separation and like a lot of challenges to overcome Mm -hmm. that 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 would be pretty crazy experience yeah I feel like everyone like should do it not like that like I don't not everyone should do something that extreme, mm-hmm. but I think everybody should do a little solo traveling, like yeah. at some point. Definitely, it doesn't have to be like solo traveling 
like into the woods or something. I think you can be solo traveling into another city, but I think that there's something that is fun about that. You'd learn a lot about yourself. Yeah, self-discovery for sure. Mm -hmm. I was going to say something and I lost it. That's okay. <laughs> Wasn't meant to be. Wasn't meant to be. Maybe at a later time. Mm -hmm. Got me wanting to go on some solo hiking now. <laughs> yeah. There's like so... Like, man, I I'd love to go back there soon. Mm -hmm. Or sometime. Because there's so many different trails around there that I'd really like to go on. Yeah. It's just man, such a like, beautiful area. Yeah. That's kind of like the U.S. though, man. There's so many like hiking spots and trails and, you know, different kinds of nature all over the U.S. It's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, like even just in the area I'm in, like I'm overwhelmed with how much is like possible to do. Yeah. And that's like all of it's like within an hour drive, you know. Just like pack up your backpack and you're good to go for a weekend easily. Mm -hmm. Oh, here's what I was going to ask. So you, you said you were five days on this trail. Um, mm -hmm. Were you using your cell phone? Like, were you communicating with anybody during that time? Um, were you listening to music? Were you like speaking to yourself? You know, like how, because five days with like by yourself essentially i don't know you may maybe you saw other hikers mm -hmm. as well so yeah yeah no there was no like cell phone reception mm -hmm. and i didn't have a charger so i just turned my phone off because i was like once i get out like i'm gonna like i'd rather yeah. have it fully charged in case i need it yeah yeah so then so yeah i didn't have any music i didn't have any like connection to the outside world really mm. and then i just like journaled a lot and then like but i think even like looking back uh, I'll, I'll get back to this but like so i did meet like other hikers along the way like but they were just like passing by they weren't really like I would see them for a couple of seconds and mm -hmm. then let them go. Okay. But then I think looking back on that journal, like especially with what I was just saying and like these kind of the way I'm thinking about it now is like that journal is very full of like external fears. Mm -hmm. I feel like, like I was writing down all these things that I was afraid of, but they were all external to me. Yeah. There was no like internal reflection on like why I'm so afraid of these things. Mm -hmm. I feel like. Can you repeat that? Yeah. Like in the journal, I was writing down all the things that like I was feeling, mm -hmm. but it wasn't, I wasn't really writing them down from like an internal perspective. I feel like, 
I, I'm trying. Like, I'm trying to think like how to explain it. Mm. I don't know because it's hard to explain it with like like my mindset now. Yeah. I have to like put myself back into that mindset like when I was a freshman in college. <laughs> yeah. And like how I viewed everything is like external to me. Okay. But I I didn't realize that everything is connected. Mhm. And like what is external for me is me. Yeah. And so that these like issues, <laughs> like these issues that I was dealing with on the outside, I was like seeing them as separate from me mm -hmm. instead of looking on the inside and seeing how they are a part of me and how I could go about like working through them. Right. Which is so why I said that, mm -hmm. like, it just wasn't the time then. Yeah, like you definitely weren't ready. You you say. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I guess uh, the reason I asked about all that was because you've heard of like vipassanas. It's like a a silence meditation retreat. They have like three day, five days, I've heard of 10 days. I'm pretty sure they have like month long ones where you don't speak <laughs> like to anyone for, um, except for, I think you have like a teacher during those times and you only have access to them like a very limited amount, but the rest of the time you're just meditating and sitting like by yourself and sitting in silence. And I didn't know if those would be comparable um, in terms of like that mental exercise or stress or challenge. Mm. A hike, I mean. Uh -huh. Yeah, I feel like they would be comparable. But there's also something about going through something communally mm -hmm. that like like, I don't, it's, it's not like, yeah, yeah, there's something that is like, you feel like, because other people are doing this thing with you, that you can also do it. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that's kind of similar to what I was saying about, like, me being alone in my house versus me being alone on the hike, like you being out in the woods by yourself or being in like a building with a bunch of other silent people is different. Mm -hmm. like, just like the comfort of having people around you <laughs> may make a big difference. Yeah. But I, do you think, do you think that it would have the same effect like if you didn't know those people versus if you did know those people? I 
think it would make a difference. Especially, like, if you knew them super well. So, like, if I mm-hmm. went with, like, you, Alex, and, you know, Alan Blake or something, and we just couldn't talk to each other for, let's say, 10 days, but we were, like, sitting in similar rooms or at least going through the same experience versus, like, five people I didn't know at all. At least to me, it would make a difference. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of it, I know we would like be able to speak about it and sort of share that experience more in depth post experience. You know what I mean? Whereas mm-hmm. I may or may not get to talk to people and compare notes in a way with those people I didn't know. Yeah. So in a way, I almost feel like the post experience like discussion is Mm -hmm. more important than the experience itself yeah or the story you tell yourself about the experience (laughs) of the the discussion of the experience is more important yeah Hmm. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Because then it kind of brings us back to like what we were talking about in the last podcast. About like the communal things. Mm-hmm. And how like building your tribe and like building your community is important. Mm-hmm. Because then, because then you're allowed to like freely discuss like the experiences that you've been through and like, then you can create new experiences together. Yeah. And like validate and confirm what you've experienced and like how you experienced it. Yeah. Which like further um, cements and like confirms the story that like, you're all agreeing upon. Mm-hmm. Is that like culture basically? Hmm. What do you mean? Like, is that essentially how cultures are formed? You know, you have, like, a community, then you have something that the community does, and agreements about how the community does the thing, and then they support each other and talk about the thing that they do, and, and so on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. But then I think you also see like a problem when the community becomes like too large. Then there are going to be people who think maybe slightly differently Mm -hmm. from the rest of the community. Yeah. 
But then I think, I think, like, too much of the same is, like, for sure a problem. Right. So how do you, like, build a community that allows for, like, not, like, uh, what's the word? Not, like, um, not, like, I can't think of a different word, but, like, worshipping the the similarities you have. Mm -hmm. But, like, celebrating the, like, dissimilarities the similarities the difference yeah yeah so like they have to be welcoming enough or excuse me like they focus on the similarities but then they have to be welcoming enough when someone comes along and it's like you know I experienced some of that but I was different in this way and then they can be like, no, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or they can be like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of changes how other people are like open to experience it, I think. Yeah. Which would kind of be empathy, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's kind of like been what we like we're talking about before, with like empathy, and that podcast that like I always bring up with Houston Craft, mm-hmm. and like how empathy is creatively imagining like what somebody else went through. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you need community to have empathy, and that's just how it kind of comes about. Yeah. By, like, sharing stories and then being open to hear different stories, even if it, like, whether it confirms or disconfirms your own story, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we're not, like, like, the point of celebrating somebody else's differences is not, like, at the cost of your own beliefs. Exactly. It's just at the benefit of, like, acknowledging that their lived experience is true. Mhm. Yeah. Man, I don't know how we ended up at this spot, but this is crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. I don't what did we even start on talking about? I don't even know. Nature and hikes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then we got here. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> I kept like, you know, I think I blacked out for a second. <laughs> and then I'm not sure that it was actually me talking the whole time. So, 
Yeah. If something we, else, something if else we listen back on, yeah, exactly. If we listen back on that, I'm just like babbling some stuff off. Yeah. That's what <laughs> I know. I like never listen back like to anything. Like, like I don't listen to anything that we recorded when I edit it. Yeah. Like I just take out the beginning part where like we usually like are trying to figure out if it's working or not. Right. And then I just throw it on there. Same, man. <laughs> but I mean, I don't even like the beginning part. I'm just like, all right. <laughs> I'm I'm honestly a little, I, I don't want to like hear it and then feel embarrassed by it or anything. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I, I want to keep it because the, the experience itself of doing this podcast with you and just like unloading and talking and sharing is like excellent every time. And I don't want to change my outlook on that by thinking like, oh, well, I shouldn't have said this or I should have said it this way or Ian, you have a voice. Why are you talking like that? (laughs) (laughs) Uh So, yeah. Maybe one day I'll have the the courage, but not today. Yeah. Well, I think it'll be like, I mean, it's just like an archive of like our thoughts, basically. Yeah. So, I mean, regardless of, like, everything, mm-hmm. even just the chance to, like, go back and listen to this when we're, like, old. Yeah. And just, like, you know, like, listen to it and just be like, what the heck? <laughs> we couldn't even yeah. be like, wow, we were like, right. That was right. Or we'll be like, wow, that was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You kids that know. Well, that's that's interesting because, like, like you said, when you were a freshman, like, you really didn't know anything, and like now, we, you just don't know anything, you know. So yeah, <laughs> like this whole time we're gonna be like, did we know anything? <laughs> like our laughs. <laughs> did we know anything then? Do we know anything now? We never know anything. Yeah. Solid, <laughs> solid conclusion. So, yes, and in conclusion, thank you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> Our TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know anything. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, you want to end it there? Yeah, it sounds. Like I gotta good. like. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like can't think of anything past like what we just talked about i like gotta chew on that like yeah idea of community mm-hmm. yeah that happens a lot like you you kind of come to a point where you can't go any deeper <laughs> you're like your brain's like nope shut up <laughs> <laughs> we're not going there <laughs> it's like no 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 please stop yeah, you're crazy. You need to quit. <laughs> <That's what I'm laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I think that's good. Yeah, it's perfect. All right, man, good luck with your, your interview or if she calls you back and everything else. And That's cool you got that job pretty much. Yeah, I hope I, yeah, I, hope I get it because I really mm-hmm. need a second, second yeah. income for sure. But, yeah, thank you. Have yeah. fun at work. 
Thanks. Love you, man. Bye. Love you too. Bye.